For decades, we've helped Tom's family with parenting, adoption, and what it means to be pro-life. It's just typical of the way Focus on the Family has worked over the years. They just provide very practical, biblically-based things that help people to make the right choice and, and support people in ways that really are necessary. That's why Tom and his wife give monthly, to encourage and equip other families. Focus on the family is out on the front lines of things that you know are necessary in the culture and in, in the community, and we as Christians are called to support God's work in that way. It's just a blessing to us to be a part of it. I'm Jim Daly. I'm inviting you to give monthly so that together we can save even more families. Join our Friends of Focus on the Family team by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. It's pretty consistent. Uh, Studies indicate that money is the number one stressor for married couples. If your marriage is wrestling with financial problems, we're here to help you overcome. I'm John Fuller, joined by my colleagues, Erin Smalley and her husband, Greg. And have you two had fights over I mean, I'm sure you've had fights over money. Never. You know, what's unique about Erin and I is, so I'm the researcher. So, for example, if we need a new car... I'll do all the research. I'll really dig in what model, what you know, yeah. style, what yeah. all that. If it's a, an appliance, if it's a TV, so I do all this research. So by the time that I bring Aaron, the this is what we need to get. I've already adjusted to it. I'm prepared now. Yeah. Let's get it. Find the best price and go. That's when it just drives me crazy because now she wants to talk and she wants to think about it. Oh, it's so frustrating. Well, that's why on New Year's Day. I said, you know what? We really need a TV above the fireplace. And it did not take. <laughs> you were out it. the door. You were like, five minutes. I'm all about that. <laughs> he and our son were out the door in about 10 minutes because they got online and they did research and they're like, oh, there's great sales today. So <laughs> measured. So we were ready to go. So that's usually when, we, I mean, we have lots of arguments about money, but that's one unique but, issue. But for I think us. the point is you were thinking a lot about it. And Aaron, you felt like I didn't have time to emotionally process right. buying a or TV. Or to evaluate, is this the right time? Should yeah. we wait? Is it? There's many things that go on for me. Oh, she'll she'll call me and say, hey, I'm, I, I need a plane ticket. So I'll sit there, do all the research, fine. And then I'm ready to hit send. And she's like, well, now let me think about it. Ah. <laughs> so that's usually when we get into these are, some These are disagreements. They're not fights. But yeah. the, the truth is there are a lot of things that cause a lot of struggles in families. I'm aware just of mounting medical bills that cause <sighs> so many struggles. I mean, very real conflicts with no easy way out. Um, We're concluding a conversation today about this. Jim Daly talked with author and blogger Erin Odom, and uh, she and her husband worked through a really stressful season of financial trouble, and this is how God redeemed their story. Erin, it it is good to talk about these things. It's obvious you've written a book about it now, so you've kind of gotten over the shame of going through that, and you and your husband are in a much better spot today. Mm 
but your point is to encourage others to consider how to control their spending, obviously, but also how to look at the income side. Mm-hmm. During that season for you of that financial frustration, um, what did you learn about God's provision? Give us some of those practical stories where God showed up. Mm-hmm. I learned that he provides for all of our needs. He's the great provider, not us. And how, was that, how did that manifest itself for you? Well, it manifested in uh, ways that I never imagined. So my parents, you know, taught me how to look for bargains. And so I learned how to be kind of a Craigslist scout. And um, one day I was looking on Craigslist for some used furniture and I saw an ad pop up for free persimmons. There was an elderly woman who had a persimmon tree that just had an overabundance of persimmon fruit. Honestly, I didn't even know what persimmons were, but I knew they were fruit and I knew they were free. And so I bundled up my two girls at the time we had two and I drove across town to this woman's house and I got a box of free persimmons and that box of persimmons, I was able to make persimmon muffins. And actually (laughs) that mentor, that woman came to our house and we had coffee and persimmon muffins. And, you know, I could have easily dismissed that because I think God provides, I know God provides like Uh that every single day. He provides in different ways, but we easily dismiss things like, oh, those people were giving away free persimmons. But when we were barely making it, yeah. It was like, thank you, Lord. Here is breakfast. You know, to paint that picture, you had this other house. Some people going, wow, how could you carry that other house? Mm-hmm. But when you got down to it, when you met with your counselor before he passed away, mm-hmm. I mean, you had like 200 250 bucks at the end of mm-hmm. the month. And so you say in the book, you had more month than you had money. Mm. We did. And that's some people's plight. So how do you begin to restructure things in a practical way? How do you generate revenue? Mm -hmm. Because your expenses, it sounds like you were really holding those under control, but you were still not doing well. We weren't doing well at all. You know, at the end of the month, uh, it would be that we had, you know, barely anything, you know, uh, sometimes less than a few dollars in our bank account. And we would have to wait until the, the next payday in order to go get groceries. And I would have to be really creative with what we had in the cabinets. But once he told us we had an income problem, I had already um, been writing for our local newspaper and doing uh, tutoring some kids in Spanish and doing some side gigs. But it was like um, God really gave me more initiative to I have gifted you. You've always enjoyed writing. Journalism was my other major in school. I was an overachiever. I majored in (laughs) journalism and Spanish. Spanish was, I thought, prepare me for the mission field. And journalism, I thought, here's something practical that matches my gifts. And I had been thinking about starting a blog. And it really kind of lit a fire under me for this can be something that can help provide for your family, that can meet your husband where he's at with teaching. And he he was working after school and summer school and doing a lot of other things, too. And so it was at that point, it was like, okay, I'm going to really do this. I'm going to start a blog and I'm going to see what can happen. What was really interesting, the same exact week, my college roommate and my editor at the newspaper where I was freelancing, they both approached me separately. They did not know each other. They lived hours apart. And they both said, Aaron, there are moms who are making a full-time income from home blogging. You would be good at that. That matches your gifts. And so it's like, okay, the Lord using this non-Christian editor and my Christian roommate to tell me something. So I started the blog in January 2011, and um, I think within a year it uh, was making money, and within a couple years it it was making more than my husband was making. And again, I look at that as uh, this is God's provision. It was my gifts 
And so I have a whole chapter in there about what are some ways God has gifted you and how can you use those gifts to help provide for your family? You know, God's the provider, but how does he want to provide for your family through the way he has gifted you? Yeah. Let's talk about some of that. Those practical Mm -hmm. tips that may help someone today, maybe dozens, maybe Mm -hmm. hundreds. Well, you know, I say, look back at the time when you were a child. What are some things that you really enjoyed doing? What were you passionate about? What were you gifted in? You know, for me, a lot of times people say, oh, you make money blogging. Show me how to do that. And yes, I think many people can do that, but I don't think it's for everyone. Look at how God's gifted you. So I featured several different people in the book. One of them, actually, a friend that is here that used to live in Colorado, has a friend. Her name is Joy, and she loved to paint. And she loved to paint her kids' faces. So she started a business where she goes to birthday parties and she paints kids' faces. And she calls it the joy of face painting. Something that, you know, you wouldn't really think I can create a business out of this. And I have several friends who are graphic designers who maybe worked for a company and they wanted to stay home with their kids. They knew they needed the income. And so they've been able to build graphic design businesses from home. Um, I have friends who work for a company called VIP Kid. Have you all ever heard of that? I don't think I featured them in that book. I featured them in my second book. They are a company that hires anyone with a bachelor's degree, any kind of bachelor's degree. It can be in zoology or something, you know, um, and have any kind of teaching experience. That can be, um, I think, even teaching in church. It can be homeschooling your children. It doesn't have to be traditional teaching. And they pay up to 25 an hour to teach children in China English on the computer. Wow. I have friends. Those are creative ways. It's really amazing. Now with the advent of the internet, we can truly make full-time incomes from home with our children. And God has just given us so many creative ways to provide for our families. How do you, in the midst of all the frustration and the stress and the load emotionally when you're going through something like this, how do you get your head above the fray to even feel the oxygen of what could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you just get down to survival, right? And you got the kids too, and mm-hmm. you got to feed the kids, you got to take care of things. That could be a heavy load and you're not, you don't have a bachelor's degree maybe, or you didn't do journalism and writing mm-hmm. wasn't your forte. And mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate the idea of look for what God has done to gift you and then plow into it. But I want you to speak to that mom, perhaps, who's there right now where you were a few years ago, mm-hmm. and you can't see the tree through the forest. How do you identify those things you can do? Right. Well, you know, I would say, and I think in the Christian world uh, a lot, we really uphold stay-at-home moms. But uh, I think that there are times um, when people are either called to work outside the home or they need to. You know, when we first moved back to North Carolina, I I went to someone's house and tutored their kids in Spanish, and I went to a local public school, and I tutored children there. I had to leave my daughter with my mom. Um, it may be that mom needs to get a job outside of the home. Uh, she may need to pick up a waitressing job, which there's actually really good money in that. I waited tables in high school. It may not be what you thought life was going to look like. Right. But at it, least for now. At least for now. Yeah. That certainly serves as a beautiful reminder of how God can help you and your spouse work through financial problems. And uh, Greg and Aaron, you both have done a lot of counseling. Um, There are some good habits. Let's not go to the bad. Let's talk about the good habits that couples can use and, and build on to improve their financial 
situation and reduce the conflict. I would say one thing that just to start off with to reduce the conflict is to recognize we're a team in this. And even with finances, we are on the same team and maybe things haven't gone as we planned or hoped. But when we're in this together and we recognize that we're in this together, it changes the whole tune of what's going on because then we're battling together and we're figuring it out together. And how important is it in the context of team to understand your roles and your styles of financial management or mismanagement. It's it's so important. (laughs) I mean, it's good to remember that usually of the two of us, one of us loves to spend, one of us loves to save, and just to keep that in mind. And that's that's okay. I mean, that's who I am, who she is. There has to be room for both people. And I think I found for us, we're both savers and spenders in different parts of the world. Right. In other words, there are some things that I'll spend money on and Dean, I mean, she could care less. Others where she'll spend money on and that's fine. I mean, we have room in the budget. We're not going broke doing this stuff. But that difference, that caused a problem on our honeymoon because I was resistant to her buying something on our honeymoon. And to this day, she'll tell you, yeah, that was, you really handled that pretty poorly, John. Yeah, We actually had the same thing on our honeymoon. We each had a set amount of money to spend and I wanted to control how Greg spent his. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Did she say that? Well, she didn't say it, but she behaved. Oh, very very much so. Yeah. Okay. So, so recognize you're a team, recognize your individual roles. What else? You know, I think it's important that Usually in a relationship, one of you will be better at doing the budget and paying bills and managing all that, and the other one may not understand really what's going on or where the money's going. And and that's great. Like in our marriage, I, I handle paying bills. I'm just I'm better at that. But it's important that Aaron joins me. So at least she knows where the money's going because when one person doesn't have a clue of how much things are costing, where's all of our money going, it's just so easy then to overspend. So it's not a good principle to completely bifurcate finances. Like, that's my job, you do this. There's got to be a way of of blending that. So usually then I'll come and bring Erin kind of a summary of what we're doing. I keep her informed. She's not sitting there while I open up every envelope and go through all that. But but yeah. at some point, I need to invite her into that because it's good for her to see where all this is going. Okay. So I'm observing a trend in younger couples to have his and her money. Now, talk about the importance from your perspective of counseling so many couples. Is it wise to have separate accounts or is it actually wise to merge them and have one account, even though that's kind of difficult? There's not a hard and fast rule. Sure. Part of it is understanding the motivation. If it's because I don't trust you and you have, you know, overspent or, or poorly managed, then then they need to deal with that issue. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if there has been some deceit, you know, within the finances, it's easy why couples would do that. So yeah. understand the motivation. Now, they're, they're Aaron and I, you know, like my paycheck goes to pay for certain things, and then we use Aaron's paycheck to, to save for certain things. So, I mean, there's ways in which we still have separate accounts, but but we've done that as a united team to where we know where the money's going. Yeah. So it's not that it's wrong to do that. Just understand what's really going on. What Got are it. the dynamics? Yeah. And then if you need to, go really talk to a counselor to help you work through 
that if there's an issue yeah, if there's there, a trust issue well, especially, and even yeah. the the account that's my paycheck or my, the money i'm bringing in i we both know it's our money yeah. together and we've designated it in different ways knowing that this is covering that's what that is covering and we we work at it still together as a team where do i go to download a copy of this podcast because uh, i heard something i want to really you, record and play you, back for aaron sh- every <laughs> so often she's got to give you her password to get oh, onto that so blasted. sorry <laughs> well if this conversation has touched a nerve for you or someone you know is struggling financially get a copy of aaron odom's a very good book more than just making it We're making that available to you for a generous donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family today. And um, if you're clicking in the show notes, be sure to click the marriage assessment. That's free. We've had uh, over 800,000 people take that. And it only takes a few minutes to fill out. It'll be helpful for you and your spouse. You can find the book, Opportunities to Donate, and that marriage assessment all on our website. And again, we'll link over to those in the show notes. Next time, Gary and Mona Shriver as they talk about overcoming an affair. For Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.